Welcome to the Revival Method Podcast, where we teach you actionable steps that you can take to start moving, thinking, and feeling better. Welcome back to the Revival Method Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brandon Parker, and today is a very special episode because not only do I have myself talking about things, I also have Dr. Raul and Dr. Mike to kind of put me on a leash so I'm not just ranting on a soapbox and uh, basically talking to nobody. So uh, we did have a podcast about 15 minutes earlier that cut out probably because of my internet. So we're actually going to uh, condense what we were talking about into three big roadblocks that I feel like most people are going to encounter and they don't know what to, or they don't know how to navigate it. So uh, we're just going to take our turns here and talk about the biggest roadblock that we feel like people run into and hopefully give you a solution and practical steps that you can follow so you don't actually have to feel stuck in you trying to achieve your goals. So first up, Mike, what is the number one roadblock that you feel like most people run into and how do you help them navigate it? For me, it'll all revolve around consistency. And I think most people know this in their minds. Um, you can ask a handful of people, what do you think holds you back? You know, oh, I'm not consistent enough. I don't do this consistently. And I feel they will stop at that roadblock and not try to, you know, peel back the layers a little bit more. And so it'll kind of lead into, you know, unraveling the fact that I have one day where I feel great. I worked out I did all the things I ate well, and I feel good about it. But then I have another day where I don't do so good. Maybe I skipped an exercise or a workout. I, I did less than what I would ideally want myself to. And so what we have here are two different extremes, right? An extreme in a more positive direction and an extreme in a not so positive direction. And we just find ourselves kind of going back and forth like a pinball machine. Whereas we have to kind of look at, well, what's going to keep me kind of coasting in the middle, right? And what really keeps you there is the combined effort of smaller little details, right? If I'm feeling good, great, I can capitalize on that, but I can't expect every single day to be like this. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, well, today was not a great day. Well, I can't expect tomorrow to be just like this or every day to follow this same kind of trend. And when you look at it from those two different ends, you're able to kind of one, recognize and have that awareness of, hey, here's what today is giving me, or hey, that was yesterday, today's another day, I can you know build up from there. Having that kind of outlook on it will feed into having more consistency, especially when you're practicing, actively trying to have that view over time. Before you know it, it's not something where it's super effort demanding. You're a little bit more habitual with it and it becomes more of your instinct. I, I find the, that framing to be very interesting. I had somebody kind of break it down for me like this is like, mathematically speaking, you, you, you think about your worst days, you think about your best days, right? And then you have all the other days that kind of fall in the middle. The best days of your life or the best day of your year is probably only going to be like 10% of your year which means that the, the, the 10 worst or the 10% of your worst days is also going to be there as well. So then you have all the other ones that kind of just like fit in the middle. And that kind of lets a lot of people understand where it's like, okay, this is a pretty terrible day. But, and, you know, mathematically speaking, I only have, let's say nine more of those days throughout the year. And 
also mathematically speaking, I still have 10 more in the chamber that's going to be the best day of my life or the best day of my year. And that allows people to at least understand that like this is kind of like each day has some finality to it where it's like fresh start. Every day is a fresh start because if we can kind of – if we can hold attachment to Mondays of starting over on Monday, we can hold attachment to literally any day of the week, any time of the year where it's just like, why Monday? Why don't why don't start on Tuesday? Well, I don't know. Monday feels like a fresh start. Well, if you can add arbitrary importance on a Monday, <laughs> you can add arbitrary importance on literally any day of the week. So I really like that idea. Now, how would you feel about somebody putting – their consistency down like on a, a tracker or something like that to kind of give them at least objective data where it's like, oh, you know what? I'm I'm shooting about above 80% of consistency. And what I've seen is if somebody can adhere to at least 70% of what I recommend for them, they make great results. Have you ever had to do that or anything like that? Yeah, I think that's a super helpful thing to do um, in a sense that it helps you to build some recognition of what's your situation like on average. Most of the time we may not even have an idea of, well, what am I consistently doing? And does that fall, you know, above or below that 50%, 60%, whatever it is you're kind of looking for. It helps to have a person see one, where they're at, maybe this can be used to compare where you were at, you know, months, years prior, and also show you where do I need to kind of go forward? Do I need to continue to actually boot things up even higher and, and kick it into gear to actually have things a little bit more effective? Or am I doing better than I thought? And so having that objective, you know, measure can help to reinforce, you know, how am I doing? If you have no idea how you're doing, you know, kind of like in the workplace, if you never got an annual review from your boss and you had no clue what was going on throughout that year, how are you going to move that needle in the right direction? Right. Sure. And so same thing, in regards to taking a look at where you're at and how you're doing with your your own personal goals, your health goals. If you don't know where you're at, how are you going to know what to do going forward? Right. That's a great point. That's a great point. I I think that's awesome. Having some type of objective data behind it and also just having that ability to take a step back and understand that like, Hey, like it's important to be consistent, but you don't have to be perfect. And that's why I always say like, let's say aim for like 70%, anything above that's awesome. Um, so I, I love that idea. And now Raul, I have to ask you, what is the most common roadblock that you see people encounter? And what are some solutions that we can give them so they don't actually have to uh, feel like they're stuck when trying to achieve their goals? Yeah, I would say the most common roadblock has to do with mindset and just like a subdivision of mindset would be negative self-talk. We all know what self-talk is, basically what we say, what we talk to us about ourselves, right? Um, negative self-talk is basically means you're just saying negative stuff about yourself all the time. And it's very, very common, especially if you see people that have like a big goal. Let's say they need to lose 50 pounds. If they don't zoom out and look at like, okay, this will take me a very long time, it's very easy to fall into the trap of negative self-talk. Like they look at themselves in the mirror and they're like, oh my gosh, I have so much fat in in my core. It looks horrible. I'll never have a six pack. I'll never be healthy. I'll never look great without a shirt. So those things, even if it sounds dumb, they really make a difference <laughs> in your success, in your journey, and, and also in how you feel like 
And there's a ton of research showing that negative self-talk, if it's consistent and on a daily basis, it can lead to more depression, more anxiety, more stress. Mm -hmm. And we all know that those things, if we attach it to like rehab, having those mental health or yellow flags will put you at a higher risk of developing higher pain chronicity. And it just turns into this negative loophole. You just talk bad things about yourself. You feel worse about yourself and you keep repeating that process all over and over and over again. It, it takes you nowhere. For some people, positive affirmations can really make a, a big job, right? You, instead of Whenever you have this cue in your mind, like, okay, I look horrible without a shirt on, just just change that in your mind. Try to set up a different um, habit now. Okay, I'm thinking about saying something negative, but I'm going to find one thing positive about myself, and I'm going to keep repeating it to myself. If you have to put a sticky note in your mirror, do it. Like, I'm worthy of this, X or Y, because sounds dumb, but it can really, really make a change uh, chemically in your brain and you're going to feel better. And also, I would say just celebrating the small wins, man. Like, it's easy to fall into the trap of, yeah, you got 40 more pounds to lose. Yeah, you got 40 more pounds, but you've already lost 10. You just got to repeat that four more times, you're going to get there. So just celebrating the small wins will really, really make a difference just because, yeah, it's easy to get frustrated and it's easy to talk bad stuff about yourself. Um, and you need to have a good relationship with yourself. I read an interesting study showing it was a survey of married couples that have been married for more than 44 years. And the most common trait that all of those couples have had was about communication. But the cool thing was for every one bad thing that they said about the other person, they had five good things that they said about the other person. So if you can apply that to yourself, like, yes, your spouse and your significant other is important, but you're more important, like, because if you're not there, they have no one, right? So just saying more positive things about yourself than negative things, that's that's the key for longevity in regards to a mental health state. So that's how yeah. I would address it. I, I mean, with all the three of us being in the musculoskeletal rehab space and also now in the lifestyle coaching space, I mean, we've seen this become like such a roadblock that it can stop somebody from not only enjoying their life, but also stop them from being physically capable of doing things. I mean, if somebody truly believes that their knee is unrecoverable or they can't modify any movement around that knee, so they're just going to sit on the couch and just you know do sedentary things, well, that just creates a cascade effect of we know that our disc require movement to be healthy, right? We understand that osteoarthritis has a large, uh, there's a large influence with uh, low, low level systemic inflammation, which gets dispersed from just general activity, right? And also keeping healthy levels of body fat on the body. There's a lot of things that can be linked back to the way that we view our current situation. If we can change the circumstance of like, okay, maybe I can't do the things that I used to do because my knee does truly need like, let's say a knee replacement in order for me to do the activities that I want to do. Um, you could say in the meantime, how can I prepare my knee joint to be as strong as possible? So at the end of this operation that I need to get, I'm actually ready to bounce back and do the things that I want to do. So it's just the simple taking the same situation and just looking at it differently can play a massive role because let's be honest, Making a change is very hard. Our body craves routine and comfort. So when you try to make a change, you are doing the direct opposite of what it's craving, right? So by you doing something that's already hard, 
And then you're utilizing your mindset to even sandbag yourself further by saying, you know what, this isn't for me, or I can't do this, I can't do that. You're making it tremendously harder because you're, you're putting mental roadblocks in front of you. So I, I, I do love the fact that you brought up the, um, the, the verbal asp, uh, affirmations because it's been kind of written off in today's society at least in the, the circles that I've been like, you know, hanging out in where they're just like, what is that going to do? What is, what is you talking in the mirror? What is that going to do? Well, maybe for some people, it doesn't mean much. Maybe because the things that they're saying, they truly don't believe it, or perhaps they haven't done it long enough. Because at the first, when you first start doing those affirmations, you're kind of like, this feels silly. This isn't me, right? But that's because your identity is so far off from what you're saying. You, you're just not absorbing it. But when you start to do the the step-by-step, brick-by-brick approach where you're just like, just do it anyways, just do it anyways, you'll start to lean into the new identity that you're trying to form. Because um, I've, I've, I love this analogy that was uh, brought up by, I think, Ed Milet. He just talked about how your, your body has a thermostat, right? Your body has an identity. And regardless on how hot the house gets or how cold the house gets, the thermostat always brings it back to that baseline. So your identity is that thermostat. If you truly believe that you're not worthy of certain things, right, or you can't attain certain things because of a certain thing, even if you're making that progress, that one thing that's going to derail you brings you back to baseline. So the, the, the whole idea of at least being nice to yourself, changing your identity, and, and creating small wins so you have confidence and proof to say that I am changing, that can be the very thing that's not going to stop you or at least not going to hold you back from achieving the things that you want to achieve. Now, I was supposed to have the number one roadblock that uh, – that somebody encounters, uh, but I thought I, th- I thought I'd be witty enough to come up with it on the fly, and I just I, I can't think of anything right now. So I will put a pin in this episode, unless either of you either of you have closing comments. I was going to add to what you were saying about positive affirmations. Mm-hmm. Even though they help, right? They won't mean anything if you don't actually believe it or if you don't put in the work. For example, yeah. I can say every morning, I'm a great husband. I'm a great husband. But if I go ahead and I cheat on my wife, just because I'm saying something doesn't mean that I'm actually what I'm saying, right? So not only you can just say random words and you're going to say like, oh, I feel great. I'm a great person. But if you're not actually putting in the work to be a great person, you're not a great person. So just being conscious about that, just because you're saying something doesn't mean that it's going to fix everything. But it's a good start. It'll keep you moving in the right direction. And then after you're moving in the right direction, you can actually put in the work to actually be who you want to be or who you say you are. Just wanted to add that because, yeah, positive affirmations are great, but they require a little bit of work as well. Yep. Yep. Totally agree with that. Anything to add, Mike? Yeah, I agree with that, you know, and it's it's a start, like you said. You know, I like to think of it as, those positive affirmations, fill up your tank with gas. You can't get that car anywhere until you fill it up with gas. And little by little, before you know it, you get a full tank and then you're ready to go. So it at least helps to set the table for success. Mm-hmm. It is not the the end all be all. It's not the only thing that will take you from point A to point B. But without it, you know, you're not getting as much progress as you may have beforehand before you started doing those types of things. You know what? I did come up with a another roadblock that we're going to just cover real quickly because I did promise this to be really short. Um, the other thing that I've noticed is, and we talk about it all the time, is the 
the motivational facade, the illusion of motivation of it's going to come and I'm going to ride this wave uh, to the finish line where you can definitely use motivation to jumpstart your goal for sure. Right. Like, I mean, it happens all the time. You have all these New Year's resolutioners like, let's do it. Let's 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 you know change a life, you know, and then halfway through the year, if they get that far, they fail. But that's because they're purely relying on motivation, right? They're, they're, you're purely relying on the fact that they want to achieve a goal uh, in order for them to keep on going. But we know that when things get boring, right? Like when, when things aren't perfect in the sense of you're interested and it's easy enough where you're still winning, but not winning all the time. So you're engaged, you, you, you still have your motivation. But when that goes away, then you just feel like this is too hard. I, I'm not good at this. I just want to give up. Or you're just like, all right, well, I kind of seen the grass on the other side and it's not really greener. And then you give up in that regard. Then you never actually finish the thing that you set out to doing. So like having that thought process of like, oh, I just, I'm just waiting for that motivation. You are waiting to get started to just fail because you're not putting in the time to develop the skills that you need to get through that motivational drought that will be coming in the middle of your pursuit of your goals. Have either of you experienced this with clients and how do you navigate it with them? Yeah, I think it starts with that that zoom out approach, right? Like, hey, time out here, let's pump the brakes a little bit. I think we need to take a couple, couple steps to the side and really see what's going on here. What are the little tiny itty bitty pieces that are contributing to where you're at now and how you're feeling and how you're kind of looking at things? So it always goes back to this, hey, we got to stop here. Let's break this up into little pieces and kind of see how are all these things playing a role with the current situation, right? Yeah, I always say action precedes motivation. If you wait for motivation, you'll never get started because the, the correct or the perfect time to get started, it, it, it's never. <laughs> so you got to put in the work and then as you go, motivation will just come as a byproduct if your habits are in the right place. Because if you think about it, you can't rely on motivation because if every business owner relies on motivation, they would be broke. If every bodybuilder relied on motivation, they would be weak. So the motivation, yes, it can help you, but it's not everything. You got to put in the work, got to put in the habits on a daily basis. And then those small actions will have a, think about it as compound interest. It'll make a big deal in the long run. So just start acting now and then motivation will catch up to you. Yeah. Yeah, There's that's the thing that I try to really drive home is just the fact that most of the most look at all the successful people in whatever goal that you're trying to achieve and they will all tell you that they're not motivated 24 7. but i also want to say like I, I do want to make this delineation here where it's like yes they are utilizing discipline to show up on a day-to-day -day basis but it's not like they're grinding 24 7 because if they're a human and not a mutant they would have burnt out a long time ago so it's finding that balance of you are using some discipline, but you're also utilizing different habits that most successful people have, which is having an environment that is conducive to your goal, right? Making sure that you're leaning into the, uh, the, the uncomfortableness or the discomfort, but not so much that you feel like you're burning the candle at both ends, right? You have all these things, and I think we should jump on a podcast one of these days and talk about all these, these habits that successful people have. But yes, there is going to be a balance between discipline, but also utilizing motivation when it comes. And then also knowing when to hit the, the break, like mentally hit the break, like I need to step away from this project because there is diminishing returns. 
And if I were to just do a, a you know, a five day retreat and come back, I would be fresher. I'd get more progress done. And once again, the longevity will be there. So I, I, I'm going to put a pin in this. Do either of you have any closing thoughts before I come up with another roadblock? <laughs> no, thank you again for having us this morning. 